Welcome to Real Life Podcast Conversations from Life Foursquare. We invite you to dive deeper into the more difficult topics of faith. Have you struggled to find understanding in biblical topics not often taught about from the pulpit? We may not have all the answers, but we are committed to the ongoing conversations as we search God's Word together. Mark and Lynn Cooper are your hosts. This show is our attempt at answering questions in greater depth than a sermon would allow. We look forward to the dialogue and conversations your questions will bring. You can email us at reallife at visitlife.org. This podcast will cover many biblical topics, some fun, some serious, and some will simply pique your interest. This podcast is sponsored by Life Foursquare Church and is produced by our media team here at Life Foursquare. So we are in week four in regards to repentance, and we will also be wrapping repentance up at this point in this podcast. It has been um, a good topic for this season as we are also fasting as a church. And really one of the things the Lord placed on our heart was to walk in repentance. Um, You know, if you were to look at every revival recorded in history, you would see that um, they were most definitely preceded with repentance. And so as we have prayed for the Lord to pour himself out and to revive us as a nation and as a church, we need to recognize the the steps or even the order to which things happen and, and really the kingdom principle here. And so it's important that we look at this topic of repentance and understand how it works in our personal life. And today we're going to look at how this works, even in the corporate setting. Um, And we're going to look at Daniel 9, where we see Daniel um, asking for repentance, praying for repentance, not only for himself, but for his people, for the sins of his people. So in Daniel 9, um, you know, starting early in this chapter, Daniel is under a new king, uh, it's the first year of Darius's reign. And so Daniel begins to look into the scriptures. He's looking into the Torah, into the word of God, into the minor prophets of, of, of Israel. And he's studying and even the major prophets. And he finds um, something that piques his interest. He finds a promise of God, uh, a prophecy of the Lord, a duration of time spent in exile, And it says, and this is the part we want to pay attention to. It says, I set my face toward the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. So Daniel notices something that's happening in the word of God that correlates with his life. And then what's he do? He he sets his face towards the Lord. He seeks the Lord. And he seeks the Lord by prayer, by fasting, by asking, supplication. He continues, he quotes Micah chapter 6, uh, and then he, in verse 7, he says, O Lord, righteous, righteousness belongs to you, but to us, shame. As it is this day to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to all Israel who are near and who are far off, though all the countries, through all the countries wherever you have driven them, because of their trespass that they have trespassed against you. O Lord, to us belongs shame, 
of face to our kings, to our officials, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belongs mercy and forgiveness, though we, uh, though we have rebelled against him. He continues on in this prayer of repentance. He, he acknowledges the sin that was done, maybe by him, but by his people for sure. The reason that they ended up in exile, their hearts and their attitudes during that exile, and and he even pulls from previous encounters through Micah. Um, you know, we have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled, even by departing from your precepts, your laws, and from your judgments. He 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 petitions the Lord. He he enters into this mindset, this heart, this attitude of repentance. What's interesting about this occasion is that it's not just for him. He is interceding. He's doing this. He's taking a stance for his entire nation, for, for his, his people. people. And so I, I want to look into this today. I I think we've heard a, a verse a lot. If you've been in the church world in 2020, you've heard the passage in Chronicles, I believe it's Second Chronicles 7.14, that if my people who are called by my name, and if they will humble themselves and pray, and we, we see this uh, instruction and promise come together. And I, I'm in full agreement with that passage but I think that if we would partner this with Daniel chapter 9, if my people who will humble themselves and, uh, and repentance, you know, humbleness is the byproduct or the fruit of repentance. So in essence, when saying if my people will humble themselves, your understanding that you are a people that have walked in repentance and you are a teachable people if you will humble yourselves if you will lay everything at my feet and pray and i think daniel 9 is a good representation of not only daniel's prayer of repentance but his prayer on behalf of his people yeah because it is appropriate that we would pray for repentance for ourselves, but for others as we would be leaders and believers in the communities that we live in. You know, one of the things that I, when I read through chapter nine, I, I think of the people who must have heard Daniel's prayer. People who, uh, and, uh, and this, this man, it could be the same experience today. Listen, when we start to intercede, when we start to repent, not just for ourselves, but for our fellow man, for our nation, which is what Daniel was doing, um, it's going to reek to people. It's going gonna, it's gonna to seem to people as if we're judging. Because what we're doing is we're saying, not only is what I did wrong, but what you did is wrong. This is what I'm repenting about. I'm, I'm not isolating the sin amongst the guilty I'm saying we as a corporate group have obviously shown this kind of heart and attitude towards you, Lord, and this is what we're repenting about, even though every person in Israel may not have been repentant, and every person in Israel may not have been guilty of not listening to the prophets or laying aside God's precepts, 
or or being rebellious. But that sin was a national sin. It was a corporate sin. It was a sin of the heart of that nation. And Daniel deals with that, and he deals with it by, by, and you talk about humility. It's it, it requires humility to own things that aren't yours, to do things. I'll tell you. So let's pause here and and recognize though, isn't that what leaders do? Isn't that what we do as a parent? We there are things that we own for our children in the big picture so that we could deal with our children in a private setting. Yeah. Right? And leaders do the same thing. When you deal with something in a as a leader, you own it. And then you dissect it and deal with the root of the things as the Lord would reveal and as you see them. And so Daniel's doing this in essence. Not everyone has experienced that kind of leadership. Yeah, probably most haven't. And and I'm not saying that because that's, you know, that's something that you or I are good at. I'm simply saying that because... It requires an, a type of selflessness that thinks of the other person before it thinks of yourself or even vindication of oneself. Right. right? And and let me the, – the trip up here is is generally in this area when you're right and wrong driven. Yeah. And, and let, me, let me give you the best thing that you could catch out of Daniel chapter 9. And if you will grab hold of this and live by it, if you're a right or wrong person, it will change your life. If you read through through the first part of Daniel's prayer here, you can come to a great conclusion that only the Lord is right. <laughs> and isn't that a great motto to live by? Only the Lord is right. And I do my best to reflect Christ's image, but I don't have to concern myself with being right. The Lord is right. Yeah. And boy, couldn't we be released from a lot when when we choose to not be bound by that? And the reason I bring that up is because when you look at a leader, we so often get tripped up in the sin, not the ownership. Like, why have we despiritualized the repentance and continued to focus on the sin or the issue or the trip up that caused the issue rather than applauding when leaders are willing to admit when they're wrong, walk in repentance, ask for forgiveness, we would rather focus on the sin. Yeah. It, it can be quite bizarre because we live in a world that likes right and wrong. Yeah, and as if certain things are beyond restoration and certain things are restorable. Um, the Clearly, scripturally, what we see from God is that the attitude of repentance is far more important. That willingness to acknowledge one's sin and seek forgiveness for it is far more important than being without sin, than being a really good person, right? Um, the, the place we come to is this recognition that we all, I know I'm making all kinds of mouth, mouth noises, I'm sorry, but um, the, we come to this place where we recognize and well, we have to. We have to recognize that only good things come from God. 
and and the things in my life that are good or the things in your life that are good are a direct result of God. Okay, so in your life. that brings us, I think, to a place where we could look at corporately our nation. And we could see a few things that, frankly, we could repent corporately sure. about. Yeah, absolutely. And what you just said really reveals the sin of self-reliance. That my hands can produce a lot of good things. That my hard work, that my effort can produce good things. But that does not work with the statement that you just made. No, it, it doesn't. And this is a this is a this is tricky because what we want is we want personal ownership. Like when we read through the book of James, what we see clearly is that what I do does matter. But we also see clearly that the good things that I do aren't they don't find their origin in me. They find their origin in the Lord. So we can't cross the line to a place where we say, well, there's no such thing as a self-made man, so I guess it doesn't really matter what I do or what do I accomplish or, or how I succeed because only good things come from God, so I'll just let him do his job. Without taking ownership of that, without saying, Lord, you're working in me and through me, right? Daniel is a guy who, before this, you know, even when there was a declaration by Nebuchadnezzar that you could not pray to any God but him, any any being but him, Daniel goes immediately and prays to the Lord. And 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 this is a man who is is willing to say and understands, deeply understands, that everything that has happened in his life, everything that's good, everything that needs rescued, everything that is working well or not working well, the Lord is the answer to it. The, 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 there's one place to get your answer, and that's it. But Daniel commits to the prayer. Daniel immediately goes, and his actions, and he could have said, well, God will take care of it. God's bigger than that. God will take care. I don't have to do anything because God will take care of it. No, he gets busy, and he does what he needs to do. And that's kind of where we struggle a little bit. As Americans, sometimes we can be, it's all mine or none Hands of it's Hands off mine. completely. Yeah, and and there are these kingdom principles that we see where the supernatural meets the natural. And what that, that brings us to understand is that I need to do what I can do so God can do what only he can do. Yeah, that's and, a good statement. And what is my part of that? Well, first and foremost, it's obedience to the Lord right? I have a partnership in this, but, but here's the misunderstanding. God doesn't partner with me. The part I do, the, the part that I'm responsible for is me partnering with God. And that is my responsibility to be obedient in. And that is what allows the Lord to do what only he can do, which is that supernatural element that reveals and gives God complete glory. Very good. One of the things that we see, you know, when we talk about just even this example you used of is God partnering with me or am I partnering with him? What what lies at the root of that 
is really pride. And what's one of the things that are primarily dealt with in this action of repentance is pride. Uh, Humility is a fruit of repentance, and it's what comes through. For Daniel to pray this prayer in chapter 9 isn't an act of judgment as much as it is an act of ownership and humility. To own things, to, to with humility say, we did wrong, we did wrong. And, and, and someone, somewhere, somehow, needs to present this to the Lord. Daniel was smart enough to know that there was nothing he could do to repay that injury, that, that debt. But what he could do was appeal to what? God's grace. He could appeal to God's mercy. And that's what he did. That prayer of repentance, and as a matter of fact, all repentance is really an appeal to the Lord for mercy. I, I'm turning away, Lord. I'm changing this. I'm listening to you. I hear you, and I'm being obedient. And what is needed now is for you not to hold my feet to the fire based on this prior, this previous transgression. Well, the good thing for us is that God loves us, and he is willing to do that. But repentance can't be surface level. It has to be heart deep. It has to be deep. Um, when we when we look at this example, you know, it reminds me of the the passage where Paul says, "If I could, even if it meant I lost my salvation, if losing my salvation meant that all the other Jews would receive salvation, I would do that." Think about that statement. I would suffer. Knowing God's goodness, I would suffer eternal damnation if it meant that all the other Jews, all my brothers and sisters would come to know Jesus. I would do that. I think that's a beautiful and perfect example of loving God and loving his people because they can't be separated. But loving them to the place of proper prioritization of their life is more valuable than my own. Yeah, and not just their life, their eternal life. You know, Paul Paul was acting very much like Christ in that moment. That statement Paul made was a Christ statement. It was a Christ-like statement. So if we look at it over the, the big picture, is it really too much to sacrifice our lives here on earth? No, it's, it's literally so others nothing. I mean, know Christ. I know that that's a really rough statement, and maybe you just heard me say that, and you think, oh, I can't believe you said that. that's elementary Christianity. Jesus said, any man who puts his hand to the plow and turns back isn't fit to follow me. He said, any man that loves house or wife or children or mother or father more than he loves me isn't, he can't, he can't be part of my kingdom. He's, he, he doesn't really love me. So this is elementary Christianity. The sacrifices that we take up in this life, the humility that we operate with, the selflessness that we allow to, function through us, all the good things of God that do generate and come from God, but operate through our life and our obedience to the Lord, they're, they're going to cost you. You better Repentance, humility, obedience, these are not words that are light words. These cost you a lot. In our country, in America, we prefer words like independence, like sovereignty, 
Not sovereignty as I have a king over me, but I'm sovereign. I decide what I do with my life. I decide who I become. Work harder, make more of yourself, all this stuff. And that in itself, man, if every person shared that perspective in a selfless way, you'd have a beautiful community. You'd have a wonderful place. But we've found our pride in it in some ways. And it's war, it's, it wars against this, this willingness to come to a place of, of self-sacrifice for the Lord, a recognition of how God is, is partnering with you so that he can work in you, but also through you. Daniel is a great, honestly, beyond chapter 9, before and beyond chapter 9, Daniel is a really great example of that kind of attitude. You know, we just last week talked about Job, who the Lord said, I find no fault in this man. He's a highly esteemed man. God says the same thing about Daniel. These men weren't without sin, guys. It's not like Job and Daniel and Jesus were the three dudes, I'd include Joseph in that group as well, that were just perfect. No. Right. All of those except for Christ (laughs) experienced sin in their life. And their lives at different points in time did not look like they were favored. No, Joseph if we spent want to years reflect on last in week, prison. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And so we have to recognize the the proper vision that is needed to walk in repentance, but also to continually walk with a kingdom vision rather than one that just sees what's happening in this world. That's very good. This last comment that I'll make is a little off. Point, but because we've brought this up, you know, through through those that are highly favored of the Lord, we've brought this topic of Joseph and Daniel and Job up. Um, two of the three of those men were convicts. The, Daniel was sentenced to corporal punishment by the king of his nation. Joseph was imprisoned. Uh, was a he was a previous slave, but was imprisoned. Now, granted, both were innocent men. But they were convicts. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time, you know, there's a passage, a warning, if you will, about entertaining strangers because you never know when an angel might be in the midst, in your midst. You, You never know who you're entertaining. It might be that you're entertaining, you're caring for, you're, you're hosting an angel, um, we need to be very careful as we operate in humility, as we think about how we see the world. I'll tell you, man, people are people. They're made in God's image. It doesn't matter what title or what failure or what issues they may have had before. Every person that has ever been alive or ever will be alive is made in the image of God and bears his breath, his His life. And for us, let's let's be people who are more than willing to intercede for them like Daniel did. Do you think for a second that Daniel interceded in repentance for a nation and all of those people loved him? All those people agreed with him? All those people liked him? I guarantee you they didn't. And, but yet he was still willing to go to the Lord on their behalf. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Thank you for joining us. We would love to hear your thoughts about today's topic. Send us an email at reallifeatvisitlife.org to give us your feedback. Real Life is a weekly podcast ministry of Life Foursquare Church in Decatur, Illinois. 
We hope you have a great week and look forward to continuing our conversation next time.